Corner. I'm William, alongside my colleague Armand Amini. How's it going, everyone? Armand, how are you doing on this Friday evening? You know, I'm doing all right. Interesting, uh, interesting time in in sports. Finally saw the Prem, so feeling good. Prem looking, back in action. Yeah, looking uh, forward to talking about it. Two Ks fully in swing. Just played uh, Rockets Thunder. Harden had 43. I was playing with the Rockets. And then Chris Paul happened, but we're not going to... Big bet to CP. Shout out CP. Yeah, Chris Paul hit a uh, game-winning three with a hand in his face with 1.2 seconds left, so... Pretty brutal stuff. I usually, I usually take uh, I take L's take fat on L's. 2K versus yeah. uh, William, but it was nice to, uh, to have 2K. Yeah, there's, there's swings. It depends on uh, what... You know the um, form, what form we're in, as they say. That is very uh, true. You know, you had a ten straight uh, win streak, and then you know I took over recently. But uh, James Harden is nasty on two K, and the Rockets are nasty on two K. So if you're ever playing two K, play with the Rockets and just jack up threes the entire time. But Big facts. Anyway, shout out Tyson Chandler. Also, we got an action-packed podcast for you guys today. Want to touch on the MLB debacle that's going on? Um, obviously, we're going to be recapping a lot of the soccer that's been happening because that's been the most entertaining um, sports options for us lately. Um, La Liga true. has officially gotten interesting. Arsenal is still Arsenal and does three months of quarantine. <laughs> um, and then Spurs and Menu classic Mourinho game that we had today. Um, and then we will wrap it up with our next NBA team report, and that will be the Boston Celtics, a, a team that is a lot of people are starting to get um, high on going into the bubble, um, and people are starting to predict you know, that they might win the whole thing. I don't know about that. Classic thing, when we step away from basketball, everybody says, we have know, a, I like the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics are going to win the ship this year. Shout out Jay Williams last year. Shout out Jalen Rose. Shout out a lot of the guys that were like, the Cs are going to win, and then they didn't even make the... The finals or the conference finals. Who's the conference finals? Raptors, Bucks. Raptors, Bucks. Yeah. Bucks went up two nothing. There you go. Raptors won four straight. I believe they figured out how to defend Giannis. Um, no. But good luck ter- to them this year. Yeah. So MLB. Um, I guess we last talked about that on Friday, a week ago today. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when. Ooh, I think the players. No, the MLB had another offer um, for the players and. Now, recently, uh, news came out today. You know, they were going back and forth all week. 70 games, 60 games. The grievance thing became an issue. But ultimately, in yesterday's proposal, um, the grievance, both decided to waive the grievance. And then now the issue is the game's played. So the players want around 70 games. Uh, They got offered 60 games. um, And that is now seemingly the most MLB is going to offer. It seems like they only want 50 um, I don't know why it's such a big deal. What's the difference between 60 and 70 games? I, don't know. I understand maybe from a player's point of view, um, they want more money. A mil or two? Yeah, for Bryce Harper, it's a, that's the difference. As For the MLB, what difference does it make? I think um, the main issue now is I think they're both scared of a second wave and ruining the postseason. And, uh, this could happen in the NBA as well, but for MLB, you know, it could um, wipe out the enti- season entirely. Uh, what are your thoughts on the latest developments in MLB? I feel like we, we talked about this last time, and I, I was pretty confident they were going to come to an agreement soon. If this really ends up like 
the MLB does not have a season because of five games and two percent. Like, it's the stu- like they have to eventually come to an agreement. I'm surprised they haven't still. Uh, I mean, the NBA did a bunch think, of. Um, uh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. You. I yeah, think the, a big difference between the NBA, NHL. And the NFL, sort of, and the MLB is the MLB. They're trying to renegotiate a CBA on the fly, whereas yeah. the NBA and them just had to schedule their thing. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. That's a lot to handle in a situation where you don't know what the outlook is for the next three years, five years, and a CBA can last. Well, it depends on the sport, but it lasts, uh, you know, at least half a decade. So, um, yeah, I mean. I hope they come to an agreement. It would be nice to see baseball. Again, it's going to be weird having baseball, football, and basketball for the first time in our lifetime at the same time. Like, that's going to be weird, but rather have something to to watch considering we've been on a sports drought for about three to four months. American Um, sports, yeah. American sports. It's funny how all the European sports are pretty much up and running now. Yep. Um, Obviously, they take their precautions much more seriously than we do but i think if the mlb doesn't happen they're it's they're gonna lose a lot of fans Uh, not necessarily you know your tier one diehard fans like myself who watches pretty essentially 162 yankee games every year um every regular season game like not the entire game but bits and pieces uh, you know obviously i can't watch every single game start to finish yeah um but most games they won't lose the tier one fans but the tier two tier three fans that We'll get hooked for like a playoff run, you know, yep. um, or just maybe watch for a few months in the summer for whatever reason. They like like going to games because it's something to do. It's fun going with your family and your friends, having yep. a couple of drinks. Um, they might lose those fans. And honestly, you know, we could be looking at a lockout next season if the players and the PA and the owners can't get to an agreement for this year. Well, it's not a guarantee that they're going to come to an agreement for next year either because they still got to renegotiate the CBA. Um, so who knows when we're going to see baseball again. And I think it's important to note, going back to the second wave thing, is today we saw a few players from the Philly spring training camp and the Blue Jays spring training camp in Florida um, test positive. And they're thinking of closing all the, the, all the team's spring training stadiums, uh, complexes, and like doing a full clean, all that. Um, I just think with... Obviously, the cases, especially in Florida, where they experience like 4,000 cases in one day. I mean, yep. obviously, it varies from state to state, uh, but the main uh, states where they're trying to have all these uh, bubble sports events like Florida, yep. maybe Arizona, and maybe Texas, they're all rising in case. Why, let's just do this in Wyoming. Find a couple fields in Wyoming. Like, no one lives there anyway. That's, I mean, that's very You'll true. be distanced. I mean, they, obviously, that's unrealistic, but. I don't know. To it's, build to build stadiums in Wyoming. Do it. Or Cowboy. You could just they could go do to a high school Atlanta, high no. school stadium or something. I mean, well, it's, it's got to be up to MLB quality. I'm trying to think like uh, uh, you don't want to do it in Minneapolis. University of Wyoming. Shout out. There, there's not many complexes like Disney World or yeah, the spring not. training complexes you have in Arizona. Come to D1 Training Center in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> I don't even think that's open anymore. <laughs> Shout out um, D1. Honestly, just fly them to Europe, play in London. At They had a baseball Mine's game cool. there last year. I don't know, yeah. but it, things aren't looking good for them. It'll be, I don't want to you know, damper the mood too much, but as a big baseball fan, it kind of stinks. Um, yeah. 
as a tier 15 fan myself. As a tier I fantasy baseball fan. Yes, as a tier fantasy fan for baseball, I will say very disappointed we're not having a fantasy baseball season yet. But, I mean, I watched, like, at SC, went to a couple Dodgers games, watched some stuff on, on, on the TV. But, I mean, I'm not a, not a huge fan, obviously, of baseball. I'm not a 162 games a year guy. But, I mean, I'll miss it being on and, no. you know, seeing just, some entertaining it's games. It's just kind of like a summer thing. Like, yeah. Uh, most people enjoy going to a game. I think MLB won't lose. It's, re- like, it's very good in the cities where the MLB teams are located. The, it's very popular regional yeah. city there's a lot of pride in that but it struggles to gain a national audience sure cities like um big cities without a baseball team like what is it the pensacola blue wahoos i mean their pensacola is a big a big big city i mean miami they have the marlins and no one cares about them there but they that's a different example i would say I don't know, what's the biggest city without an ammo? Like, Nashville, there's probably not a huge interest. Phoenix? Is Phoenix? Phoenix is... has the Diamondbacks. Uh, uh, Sacramento, I mean, that's not very big. Well, I can list the biggest cities off the top of my head. I mean, the, New York, LA, Chicago, Houston. Um, San Antonio yeah. doesn't have a team. San Antonio is another big uh, city. Oklahoma man. City, I guess. Uh, okay, see? Let's go. Charlotte doesn't have one. Um, that's a... Charlotte's actually market. a big city. A lot of these stuff, cities yeah. do have minor league teams. But anyway, we're going off on a tangent i think yeah it's it's looking bad but let's get into some actual sports that are taking place Bless in the up. real world let's talk about um it. since it's fresh on my mind we can start out with spurs and man U played to a 1-1 draw today in the new white heart lane in london obviously no fans they had coverings over all the seats with messages black lives matter and all the spurs garb um to dares to do all that um, it, it actually looks better than La Liga, where they just have computer-generated like I've, things they I put over it. the stands. Yep. I don't really like that. There is in the Prem, in the Arsenal game, Arsenal-Man City game, I saw like screens at mm-hmm. each end with fans, but it's not like surrounding yeah. in the stands. It's like, you remember that really awkward Roger Goodell, you know, fans the in M- the background NFL during the NFL draft. draft. It was just weird. It's like... It's a little What weird. is wrong? Don't act like you like. So are they watching? Food. Are they watching the game on the TV and then there's like a video camera that's yes. projected? I I'm guess that's how sure. it works. Yeah, there's like a video camera right above the TV. It's probably. I don't. How know. do you get selected for that? I want to know what the process is. I have no yeah. idea. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not particularly interested in, uh, in human song. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I don't trying to score and looking <laughs> straight in my eyes and banging one in if we play them in a few weeks, but and know. then they had uh, like a minute of silence for the COVID victims, yeah. um, and then they all took a knee before the kickoff, which was obviously a nice touch. But in terms of the game, it, it was a tale of I would say two halves divided into two. So like the <laughs> first, four the first, yeah, almost like a four quarter game. Yeah. It was classic Mourinho for the first twenty five minutes. Yeah. Um, they were willing to sit back and absorb the United pressure. Yep. Um, United was struggling to break anything down. Really, and it was a cagey affair for the first twenty minutes. Uh, Bruno Fernandez was like the only United player doing anything productive. Um, I forgot Martial was starting at striker for them. Yeah, um, and he had a bad game. He only had one real chance in general. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, come the 27th minute, 
Uh, Loris plays a long ball forward at a goal. Um, it's headed on by Maguire, one of the United center backs. Boom, back in Aurier, who plays a uh, through ball into my guy, my Dutch guy. Um, if you don't know, I was born in Amsterdam, so I'm a Netherlands fan. Uh, Bergvine, uh, the Shots new signing for Tottenham. And he slots at home. He, I mean, he did a nice winding run, shows off his pace through the defense, uh, turns Maguire the wrong way, caught, catches him flat-footed, yep. shoots it really right at De Gea. I think he should have done better there, and and it, De Gea saves it into it. the goal. Had yeah. a lot of power on it. It was sort of dipping, but... Difficult. Was it raining? That's a not it might have been. Well, uh, I mean, it, when you have a powerful shot... Also, if you're a goalkeeper, even if you're position down low like what's it called it was uh De Gea De Gea wasn't very low in his positioning he was kind of like I would say 75% upright so when he goes down and there's a shot right next to your feet but too far away for you to react like with your right or left it's incredibly difficult to get that far down I mean he did and it was too powerful so I don't know I don't blame De Gea too much for that goal. It's a difficult save, but he also is a world-class keeper. I mean, you you can fault. Both Maguire and De Gea did not paint themselves beautifully there. Um, Maguire got spinned around, uh, spin-o-rama. Spin-o-rama, mate. Yeah, very true. So, 1-0 Spurs, and then the tide kind of turns. Um, Spurs realize they're kind of getting some success on the right-hand side with Luke Shaw, um, who... He actually had a good game defensively, but he does lack for pace, and he looked like an NFL fullback. He's very, very stocky. I don't know if it's, like, fat or muscle. It's hard to really tell, especially after three months of quarantine. quarantine. No Is it an Ilkay Gundogan or a Hulk situation? That's uh, it's, it might be, like, a combo of Ilkay Gundogan yeah. preseason and Hulk just being a monster. A monster, yeah. Um, but... So nothing... No major chances for the rest of the f- uh, first half. So we go in 1-1 at half. I wrote in my notes that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs to make an attacking sub. The only United threat was Fernandez, and he, there was no end product. I didn't really. I don't like Rashford down the left. I know he's been playing there a lot this season, but I prefer him as a number nine out and out. I just think he's his goal. He he has the pace to get in behind the defense, and his goal scoring ability is second to none. He's definitely United's best player. Um, That's an interesting take. Yeah. Uh, d- best attacker, but Bruno Fernandez was pulling the strings, and then. Finally, I was sh- maybe shocked, maybe he lacked for fitness, but Pogba finally comes on in the uh, 60, 60th minute, and yep. that's when things started to change again, yep. um, more toward the United way. So the first half, first first like the first half of the first half was Spurs sitting back, then halfway through Spurs attacking, they just get the goal, and then halftime, and then like the first t- 15, 20 minutes of the second half, same thing, Spurs kind of creating a little bit not really kind of it was really not much happened in the first 15 minutes then Pogba comes on they start creating chances the water break really divides the, the water break so, does I mean what is it it's like comes in the 60s 60 something? something minute yeah. I mean it's it's they had that in the world cup in like 2014 when it was super hot yeah I don't know if you remember that I do that was um, up. but uh I I mean I think I like the adjustments that they've made. It's really weird not just not to see fans and to hear clearly fake fan noise while watching. You don't like I like the fake fan noise. Really? Yeah. Okay. You can I mean, watch it without it online. I mean, I don't mind it, but it's like 
there's an off timing. It's just having watched soccer all my life and played it all my life. It's just a weird. There's sort of a disconnect. I, obviously, there's. But it's not going to be like perfectly no, synchronized. Sure. And I will say that reminds me in the 66th minute. Yeah. Lloris has that beautiful save yes. uh, on Martial's left foot. Yeah, that was the nice. crowd noise like made it seem like it went in, and I was kind of confused for a second. <laughs> and it, like the way the background behind the goal looked, there was a lot of white, and I thought, "Oh, that's a goal." I was like, yeah. "But then yeah, I saw it went that over." That was an incredible reaction set. That was like that was a great save, fingertip ish save. But... And I wrote, "I don't think Spurs can hold on for another twenty five minutes or so." No. Turns out was right. Uh, four minutes later, they take off Bergvine. It must have been for. Uh, fitness. He must have been not fully fit because yeah. I think he was their best player today. Uh, Son and Kane really didn't create anything. Burvine's pace was getting at the United defense, and they Cunion take him off. Fresh off the military. Yeah, yeah fresh off the military. <laughs> the Celso comes on. Who's the center man? You know, he's he's playing somewhat forward, and then Getson Fernandez came on for Lamella, who was very aggressive. Should have had a yellow card, but didn't. And I said Spurs going full park the bus, classic Mourinho. Yep. And I, I didn't think they were going to be able to hold on for 20 more minutes because United started to um, create a little more chances. It started to look a little bit more dangerous. Um, yeah. And then the penalty comes, obviously, in the 80th. Pogba, great work by Pogba outside the box, works his way in. Definitely a penalty. Uh, Dyer just shoves him down. Yep. Um, not a super weak penalty, not a super obvious penalty, just – a penalty, yep. um, and then Fernandez slots home. Bruno Fernandez, man of the match. Who do you have man of the match for this game? Uh, yeah. Bergvon or Bruno Fernandez? Probably Bruno Fernandez. He's doing he everything for United. He played the full too. ninety, I believe. Yeah. Do you th- do you think it was a penalty? What do you think? Yeah, the I mean, was it was made? it was probably a penalty. My, I really I saw Dyer making a few really key tackles right after Pogba came in. I thought he had a really great mm-hmm. game up until that point, and obviously a, a really fatal mistake. What I think about Man U's team in general, it's weird because coming off quarantine and COVID and all this stuff, the teams play a little differently, at least. It's not just rust. Mm-hmm. Like There's an actual change to style. I think there's a significant effect of not having the fans there to push you. I yeah, know for myself, definitely. if I'm just playing and there's a few of my teammates, like, scattered in the stands, and there's my manager, like, sitting down, there's no one else around, I'm not as motivated as I would be when I hear, like, hundreds of people either talking shit or, like, yeah. <laughs> encouraging you. That's that's obviously very different. For them, it's tens of thousands. Right. So that's a huge adjustment to make. And, yeah, I mean, I saw kind of a slow pace, especially Arsenal Man City, first 10 to 15 minutes was kind of boring like it was not a super entertaining game i feel like people were feeling each other out and trying to get back into the swing of things which is understandable but i'm interested to see how this continues to develop over the next you know few weeks and we'll see if arsenal can be better we'll see if man U finishes top five which is going to be champions league for this year yeah right so, so we'll see what happens with man city uh still up in the air Chance in the in the 90th for United, but VAR, I mean, did its job. Uh, originally, yeah. originally given a penalty. Yeah. Uh, Dyer, um, I mean, Fernandez fell into Dyer. Uh, John Moss gives a penalty. It's it wasn't a penalty, and VAR overturned it. So that was good to see. Uh, you know, Greenwood had a chance in the in the very very end. The dying embers of the game, sure. drags it wide. One one. 
probably a fair result. Probably uh, so. Yeah. I would say I don't think Mourinho's tactics of scoring a goal and then automatically just parking the bus really works against in, in big games against good teams in 2020. No, it does not. Yeah, he's he's had an outdated style since 2012. I think the last stint you can point to was his second stint with Chelsea, where he actually maintained success for a while and his system was respected by the players and continued to work for an extended period of time since then i mean you respect him as a man you respect him as a manager you respect him as a legend of the game but i think like phil jackson in the triangle i think his Mm. (laughs) his methods are a little out that's a good that's a good analogy Um, it'll be interesting to see how many more managerial jobs he gets after he inevitably gets sacked at, at Spurs. Spurs yeah. Poch and, might come back. What do you think about that? Mm, they say he might come I think back. He's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't have a job yet, so yeah. he might go to Spain somewhere. I think you know, Spurs have one, uh, not a great defense. They, they're not good enough to rely on their defense. Why do you have to play so defensive? He just plays his style regardless of the players. Uh, this is with every manager. Every manager, when they come in, has a specific system that works for them. The players there are going to hopefully try to do their best to, you know, have it be implemented and be successful. But they need a couple years to get the right players. And by the time they can say they have all the right players, they usually get sacked Mm. because of a lack of success. So I think for a lot of these teams, except for Man City and Liverpool... So we're talking about Man United, Tottenham, Arsenal. You need to give them some time with their new manager to sort of develop. I mean, look at Brendan Rodgers and what he's done. Mm. He's been outstanding. He hasn't needed a lot of time. And then there's people like Lampard who's done really well with a young group of players. But those are the exceptions to the rule. Normally, you need an extended period of time and to bring in your type of players to be able to be successful and I think in this era where there's a real need for immediate gratification and there's a real lack of patience with the board, with fans, with everyone, you continue to see this sort of cycle of lack of success, impatience, finally you're edging towards this sort of goal that the manager has and then they get sacked. So I don't know what's going to happen. I hope Arsenal breaks out of that. I hope... Yeah. I don't hope the rest of the teams break out, <laughs> but I hope Arsenal does. So, so we'll final note on that game, uh, United move into fifth, or they stay in fifth, 46 Same. points, two behind Chelsea, yep. who have to play tomorrow, I yep. believe. They're playing tomorrow, uh, no, Sunday against Aston Villa. It's hard to pick when to do these podcasts because there's games literally every day for the next two to three weeks. Yep. So we're doing it now. But you mentioned Arsenal um, defeated soundly, 3-0 by Manchester City. So um, parking, well, not much happened, like you said, in that game uh, for the first, really the first half. Once Within eight time. minutes, Granit Xhaka is subbed off due to a muscle injury. Yep. Uh, a lot and of injuries then, in that game. And then twenty-four in the 24th minute, um, Pablo Amadi, who I believe was making one of his, if not his Arsenal debut, one of his first ever Arsenal games at center back. He goes down with a muscle injury, and he's replaced by none other than David Luiz. Armand, what do you have to say about his... He played for 25 minutes. 
Um, what are your thoughts on before our I say, new signing from Chelsea this season? Before I get into that really quickly, I want to say when I was watching those, and we talked about this, when I was watching those first 20, 25 minutes, I was like, is this really what <laughs> what the Prem's going to be like for the next three months? Incredibly We're just going to have world-class athletes because of this break breakdown after 20 minutes? Is there going to be nobody left? Like, I'm really glad they're doing the water breaks and everything. It's funny, though, how in the Bundesliga, there we haven't seen a ton of injuries, but in the Prem, we do. And we still have five subs. But it's the Germans, I don't know. but Just, they're better. Yeah, I guess so. So, with the Prem, and David Luiz specifically, he is the ultimate boomer bust type guy. I mean, he's like, in baseball, he's the home run hitter. He's, he's yeah. like, in... Uh, basketball i don't know he's like jr smith like he's he's either gonna put up 55 yeah. i'm talking prime jr smith denver nuggets and then eventually the knicks you can kind of say with that first stint with carmel was his prime that guy's gonna pop off or he's gonna have an all-time terrible game and david louise did not yeah. disappoint today i've never seen him ha- i'm like you know what david louise did all right. i always notice him either for the wrong reasons or the right reasons he either bangs in a 40 yard free kick makes three key tackles that are insane from the middle of nowhere and wins men of the match, or he scores two own goals, gives away a penalty, and then, you know, the Red ball hits him in the ball set, he falls down <laughs> and just is writhing in pain, and then somebody scores. I, I don't know. This is embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, the first, the first goal, obviously, that was his fault. He raises up his knee, and I've, I've had this happen as a center back, a few times, so I understand. I'm also not a world-class player. I'm not starting for Arsenal. Like, the, the wow. ball, it's wet. You have a chip shot through ball. He's uh, got this. showing this, displaying this. Yes, yeah. I'm displaying this. In, in ball in by KDB. Ball in by KDB. Awkward bounce. Weird, weird bounce. And it, when you're on uh, grass and it's raining, instead of the projectile being like, very bouncy, obviously, it skids. And David Luiz didn't predict that, even though he's, you know, 10, 15 years of experience, top flight. And it just nudges his knee out instead of fully extending or putting his body into it. And that's obviously, yeah, right with the hip. Yeah, sort his of. hip. And bounces, I mean, Sterling makes a nice run, honestly. He I, did. He, he, he did. didn't even have to make that run, really. if Because all Luis has to do is just trap it. There's no one within five five-yard radius, there five, ten-yard radius. Yeah. And Sterling does a nice job of uh, hammering home first time off the volley past Leno, who had been <laughs> our best player up to that point, which is sad. He'd been incredible that game. He really had. Which I, is I sad mean, when your goalie's your best player. It is. He made four incredible saves. He's been our best player this season, probably. He probably has, to be fair. Yeah. And then the red card in the start of the second half pulls down Mares in the box. Obvious, like, clear chance. I mean, this, this guy... I think David Luiz, the only way you let David Luiz play football ever again for Arsenal Football Club is you try to figure out, you like get a psychiatrist, you get somebody that can figure out what's going on. If there's a way to identify if he's going to have a terrible game or a great game or to figure out how he's feeling, David Luiz, you feel like showing up and playing today? Like if there's a way to understand that fully, then let him let him go on and then 
you know, keep him on the bench. Actually, don't even keep him on the bench. Send him home if he's not yeah. willing to play because he's not doing anything for us. I don't think we're I mean, seeing a David Luiz. <laughs> Maybe this season he'll play just because we're going to need to be rotating players because of Corona. Honestly, they should tired. sign me, man. But like, I'm going to I will say, there's no, this. please God, there's no way he's on the team next year with William Saliba coming back on loan. Yeah. Hopefully Rob Saliba Holding coming Saliba. back from injury. I think that'll be our center back pairing Robaldi. for the first five <laughs> games next season. And yeah. if they suck, then. God no, knows what's gonna happen. I have no idea. But let's go get Koulibaly. And no, I think, if, if I will say this, if you're like our friend Luis, you know you definitely think that Man United signing every single player that exists in the transfer market during COVID nineteen. So I guess Arsenal doesn't have anybody to sign, but we need something. We need yeah. somebody. I know we have two defenders coming back on loan. Those are both rotational. Well, one could be a future star, and one's a rotational guy. Saliba. Saliba, and, and then Rob Holding. No, he's not right? coming back on loan. He's been injured. What is he? Oh, okay. We, both of them are coming back yeah. for various reasons. One of them's rotational. One of them might be amazing in a few years. You need somebody that's not David Luiz that can immediately play a starting role next to not Shkodran Mustafi. Yeah. But Mustafi's actually been better this year, which is sad. I but what I want to ask you, what are your thoughts? In the first 10 minutes, we had some like positive play forward is like the only thing I can even say. What are your thoughts on, like because we were texting and we thought Nakedi was doing well. We didn't have a shot on target the entire game. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on Nakedia starting at striker and then Alba out on the left? I like Nakedia. Nakedia is obviously rapid, and he has he's really skillful – and on the ball, I haven't seen him shoot like he didn't. He didn't have a lot of chances, uh, and I've seen him like in games that don't matter. But I haven't seen him in the prem. Like this is the first game I watched him playing for Arsenal in the prem. I thought he played really well. The only thing is, if you put him at striker, his best position, and maybe the only position he can reasonably function in, I don't think he would be very good as a winger. Although maybe he could try to. You put Aubameyang at left wing, which is clearly not his preferred position. And the only reason we put him at left wing is because, obviously, he's insanely quick. And he's clinical coming in from the left into the right and sort of putting in a shot or a cross or whatever. But I don't think that's sustainable. I think when Laka, whenever they want to put Laka in... I just think, like, yeah, he came in in the 60-something minute. I just yeah. think he didn't start because of fitness concerns, but... Which is totally fair. I would say I don't see them... Like, I've seen the Laka, Aubameyang, two-striker pairing. How it affects the rest of... Like, I like that two-striker pairing. Obviously, those are two of our five best players. But what it does to the midfield shape, and I think we need an attacking winger like we need three up top because with just Alba and Laka the supporting cast that usually plays four behind or five behind if we play a three five two is just not good enough attacking wise because usually we'll put in one of Xhaka incredibly defensive right shout out incredibly Xhaka he's not or Lucas Torreira, who's a decent holding midfielder, obviously, but is more defensive, you'd say, than attacking. You put in somebody on the left. Like if it's a three-five-two, you usually put in kind of a wing back on the left, and that guy's gonna. So I, I don't see that they get the service they should get 
if you play two up top, which is disappointing. Like, some change needs to be made. We I need think, to do something. Uh, yeah, I think we need to get honestly get rid of one of them because it just hasn't worked with the Both two. Players. It's hard to find a formation that benefits the whole team, like you said. And I think yeah. the, the prototype of a successful football team now is with a left wing and a right wing and a striker or a center forward. Yeah. You look at Liverpool, Firmino, Mane, and Salah. It, it works for City with Mares, Aguero, and Sané, or whoever the heck they want to put out there. They have so many different players. They really do. Um, and then KDB pulling the strings in the midfield. Yeah. Um, they have seven or eight guys in that top four, or like that four front. So at the cam, so they got like a David Silda and De Bruyne. They have a Riyad Mahrez. They have Raheem Jesus. Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, or Jesus, and then Sergio Aguero. It's so, sw- like, you can just put any of those guys yeah. in, as you said, and they're world-class Bernardo Silva. So I think if you look at Arsenal, they're our roster. Aubameyang has saved us this season yeah. for, to even get us into ninth right now. Um, so sad for you, right? Our players are genuine, like, outside of Aubameyang, Lacazette, and maybe, like, Bellerin, who's decent, Pepe's been bad this year i think martinelli yeah. will be nice in the future yeah but our players are genuinely bang average players we play brighton tomorrow and our players are not that much better than like our starting lineup that we rolled out today is not that much better than right we have naketia yeah who is what is he 20 21 yeah saka who this is his first Saka's season been, he's Saka's 18 been, years old though yeah i mean he's been great though guendouzi's okay zaka yeah. bang average willock He's okay, bang average. Mustafi, bang average. Leno's been solid. Like, but average our players for are just average for the prem. Uh, average or? for the prem, okay. maybe a slightly above average, but by far the worst players out of any top six starting lineup. Yes, for start, I agree with our, you. Our roster is just—it's a bad time to be an Arsenal fan. We're this, just not very good. It's incredible. It's, it's just sad that we have we have such an amazing storied history of success and at least talent at the very least the urzil sanchez days you have talent we complained about it then but yeah. we would take that any day now oh of course we would yeah we would take top four venger getting fired like that season we would take in a heartbeat right now uh it's just it sucks right now obviously to be an arsenal fan i think what we need to do is get rid of alba because he's the I mean, we do. He's getting old. We can't extend his contract. Reasonable. Yeah, we're in talks. We're not going to be able to. Yeah. So we have to sell him over the offset. Like, we just have to. We have to find somebody willing to take him. Hopefully, we get 40 to 45 for him. Which, because we're not getting more than that. Yeah. With what's happening with COVID and because of his contract. And then use that to try to get a star center back. Like, use that money and something else to get... There aren't that many star center backs out there, but... Koulibaly would obviously be amazing. Everybody wants Kalido yeah. Koulibaly, and it hasn't happened <laughs> for like three years. years. Yeah, it's, it's like just... classic Luis. Like, oh, United, we're getting Bill this year. Oh, we yeah. got Sancho. Griezmann. Oh, yeah, we're getting yeah. we're getting Neymar. I heard he wants Makes... to come to Old Trafford. Okay, Makes yeah, sense. you guys are playing Europa League football. I don't think he's gonna come. Nah, but I mean, what are we gonna do with this center back situation? We got to get rid of David Luiz. We keep Rob holding. We keep rotational pieces. You have to add to Mustafi and Socrates. That's not good enough. Obviously, the quality is not there. Our wingbacks, I like. 
I actually like. I like Bellerin and Tierney. I like, I like Tierney Bellerin a lot, and, Tierney, yeah. and Bellerin's been decent. I like Torreira. I like Laka. I like uh, Pepe. Hopefully, can rebound next year. I think Pepe struggled with us not figuring out a true formation to play. True. So if you get rid of Albo, that might solve some things. Yeah. And then I like Saka. I like uh, a couple other players. We have Martinelli. It's not like we have nothing, right? But we need to get rid of a couple guys, as we just talked about, and bring in a star or at least very solid defender and maybe uh, a defensive-minded midfielder that's not Granit Xhaka. <laughs> yeah, I, we got to do a lot of work and maybe build through the youth academy a little bit. Um, yeah. But it, it's going to take five years before we see Arsenal challenging for a title again, I would say. Sad, Especially with true. Liverpool and Man City splashing the cash, but we'll see with what happens with Man City with this Champions League ban. Yeah. Um, Liverpool, Chelsea now deciding to buy everybody in sight. Rumble, well, they should. Rumble I mean, Bramovich. they were just they just got off their true. ban, so makes sense to me. Also, they have a very solid team. Like, yeah. they're top four right now with just a bunch of young players. Incredibly even... impressive season for Frank Lampard's first season in control. Yeah, it was very impressive. I'll say as well for Arsenal, not only do we have the worst starting 11, we might have the worst depth. We might also have, of the top six, we might also have the worst young crop of players. Except maybe Liverpool, because now their young guys have started. Uh, but it's just a, it's a depressing time. I think Nketiah and Martinelli are promising. Outside of that, yeah, soccer could be average. Like 80, 82 rated on FIFA. <laughs> At yeah, its peak. He could be, he could be a, rare, a rare gold player. Rare 81. Gold player, yeah. Yeah. Um, but La Liga. Last weekend slate of games. Everything really went to form. Uh, Barcelona winning against Real Mallorca. And Real Madrid beating Ibar. Uh, SD Ibar? Yes, sir. Uh, Atletico Madrid picked up a draw against Atletico Bilbao. I love saying these Spanish names. And then Tuesday, Barca won again against Leganes, and Madrid won again against Valencia, 3-0. That was actually yesterday. And then today, the big, big news, or big game, was that Barca drew 0-0 with Sevilla. Uh, Sevilla, both teams actually had some very good chances in this game. Messi had a couple free kicks get saved or go right over the bar. Ocampos had a very nice driving run. Absolutely rocketed a shot at Ter Stegen from 10 yards out, maybe. Uh, that was in the 70, that was in the 55th minute. Um, incre- great save by Ter Stegen, nice hands. Uh, that could have easily been a goal. Regulone had a chance in the 90th minute in stoppage time, uh, right in front of the net. He's the left back for Sevilla, but he hit it with his right foot and it weakly went into Ter Stegen's hands. So it ends up nil-nil, and that means that if Real Madrid win on Sunday or Saturday, Sunday this weekend against at Real Sociedad, who is in sixth, pushing for Champions League promotion or Champions League qualification, Mm -hmm. if they win that game, Real Madrid are tied on points but ahead of Barcelona, not because of goal differential because they don't do it in La Liga, but because of a head-to-head matchup. Interesting. Yes. So what have you... What do you, who do you have coming out on top long term in this league, and 
I know we talked about Messi's lack of form or potential injuries heading on last podcast. Yep. Clearly not true, uh, having scored and assisted two-plus times um, already. What are your thoughts on his play, and what are your thoughts on – and maybe even his legacy. And Ooh, what are your thoughts that's on – That's a good question. Who, who do you got winning? Okay, I'll do the who you got winning first. I got Aiden, Ilke Gundogan, Hazard – Leading the way for Real Madrid because the I mean, oh the go, okay it's a fat joke yeah. yeah not anymore sorry huh not anymore no I know he's gotten in shape it was just funny to me because Aiden is like the leanest person you've ever seen and then he's just I mean he's ballooned it happens man I mean it's happened to he's me. like a it's tiny tiny a guy yeah yeah so no I have Real I think it's difficult because Barcelona is a, is relying now on a ton of experienced players that are proven in La Liga and Real Madrid's relying on a lot of really talented but unproven young players at least in La Liga so their their star Hazard obviously first year here uh, in La Liga young guys like Vinicius Junior and uh, and others I have I know Barcelona is the safe pick especially because they still have in my opinion the best player in the world in Lionel Messi. But I think Real will pull it out. And we can't make the argument this year that, oh, they'll focus on Champions League. There's no Champions League <laughs> yeah. going on right yeah. now. This is the only thing they have to focus on. So for the first time in a long time, I think they might actually care enough about the league to put out a great team each and every week. So I think in this case, the better team... Might not win, though, because of the COVID situation. A lot of factors going on. I think the youth and the energy and the depth of Real overcomes Barcelona. In terms of Messi's legacy, I think his lack of form internationally... I mean, not lack of form. Look, he's he's been incredible. His team just hasn't won. And LeBron talks about being top-heavy. They were literally top, like, in the front, heavy. Because they have Aguero, Iguain, Messi, Di Maria, and then who's in the back? Marcos Rojo. Like, what are you going to do, Marcos? <laughs> Ezequiel Garay. Yeah, Garay, man. Garay's got two pace. It's like you <laughs> cut off one of his legs and he's running around. They have like, team of the season, Cabral. Yeah, team of the season. I don't even know that guy's first name, Cabral. But yeah, I don't know. Big shout out to him. But I think Lionel, all time is second on my list. I think Ronaldo and Messi are the two greatest players ever. I don't think Pele is better than either of them. Pele is the most successful international soccer player ever. And that matters, obviously. Neither Ronaldo nor Messi have a World Cup. But the sustained level of excellence for, in Ronaldo's case, what has it been, 15 years top flight? And for 10 of those years, he's been considered either the best or second best player ever. Or not ever. In in, uh, in the world, yeah. right? So, and with Messi, very similarly, just a couple years less, obviously, because their age gap. And Messi, right now, has had a longer prime than I think Ronaldo's had. Ronaldo, we've seen a drop-off, obviously. Since he's been to Juve, I think slightly there's been a drop-off. Not significantly, but... I just think also the Serie A like people don't really talk about it as much as even La True. Liga. True. And they they got bounced pretty early in the Champions League last year, and I mean 
Barcelona made the semis. So maybe it's exposure I just, too right I now. I think that there's that's... a lack of exposure with yeah. him going to Juventus. Like, that's I, fair. I don't know. So maybe that maybe in America. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that influences my perception of him. But yeah, I have I have Messi second. Ronaldo won a Euro with Portugal. <laughs> like you have Ar- Argentina, objectively talent wise, one of the five best teams in the world for the past decade. That is, even though they have issues on the back line. Ooh. I think they're top five. Portugal, I'd, I don't I'd think push is back on that. But really, okay, I don't think Portugal has broken the top ten in terms of talent. Did you say top ten or top five? For what? Argentina. No, Argentina top five because okay. I have Germany, France, for sure, Spain for sure, uh, Brazil, no. and then but not really. They have Brazil. I put been Chile great for in that there. four or five years. Chile. In terms of talent, I'm saying. Oh, talent. Not in terms of the team. No, I thought you were talking about in terms then there of results. No, there would be way better teams okay, than that. Okay. No, I would have Argentina outside of the top ten. I'm saying in terms of talent to not bring that team uh, okay, to yeah. ship. But anyways, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So, and then Ronaldo did it with a team that doesn't have top ten or top fifteen talent in the world. He won a he won a Euro, which is obviously not a World Cup, but extremely impressive. And it's this argument between. Somebody that was born to play soccer and then the ultimate athlete with no weakness. Mm-hmm. Like Messi's gifts are unparalleled in terms of his vision, his passing, his touch on the ball, his clinical finishing. And I don't know. You just see him. He's not – you wouldn't know it by looking at him that he's one of the greatest athletes ever. <laughs> but with Ronaldo, six foot, six foot one, lean, huge – Great in the air, obviously incredibly skillful, on the ball, can shoot from 45 yards and bang in a free kick. He has everything, and he can even defend if he wants to. He doesn't, but he can. So it's an argument between God-given talent that we will never see again versus someone that obviously has the talent but also worked on every single part of his game to be sort of the best ever, so... I have Ronaldo, then Messi, then Pele, then Maradona. But I will say, we did see that Barca Tottenham Champions League game when we were studying in London, and I was like, I was kind of Ronaldo better. Yep. Before that, and then I saw Messi play, I was like, wow. Yeah. I think he had a goal and maybe two, two goals assists. and an assist or something yeah. like that. But he was everything. It was just incredible seeing him play in person. Yep. I think it was. I think it's interesting this debate versus like the Jordan Lebron debate, which yeah. I don't want to get into because yeah. that is a dead horse yeah lebron is beating. obviously better Luis is confirmed uh, okay. so we know yeah uh, <laughs> but i think it's interesting how domestic success like means nothing in this argument and people like sh- go right to international success like no one's like oh but messi has eight la liga titles like whereas if you it's mainly champions leagues and yes. success in the world cup specifically yeah why is like in the NBA it's titles? I mean, I guess because they don't have two separate competitions. Yes. If Messi wins this La Liga campaign, it has no effect whatsoever on his legacy. But if he wins the Champions League this year, it has all of the. And it's harder to win a title in the league than it is to win a Champions League because you have to be good for thirty-eight games. Mm. You have to be good for thirty-eight games, consistent. Through the winter cycle, where there's games every other day, practically even now, and it's game break, break game. Depends on the league, and I would then, say. 
Okay, fair. And yeah. then the Champions League, you can have a good day and win the thing. You can have a good home away leg, win 2-0, set up shop, come back home and win. Or even lose one. You could, but you have to do that four straight times. You have to do that eight straight times. Eight straight times, you have to be competitive against 16 of the best teams in I the mean, world. That, no, not and then eight if you get times. out of the oh, group, yeah, yeah because games. the legs. Actually, it's seven because the final doesn't have two legs. But... I mean, if That's, you look at Spurs last year, they weren't the top two team in the, in Europe. No, they, they got lucky. No, they won. I'm saying the round of sixteen is usually a decent indication. At least ten of those teams you could say are top fifteen or twenty. I mean, in the of world. course, yeah, yeah. So that's I, what I, I'm saying. I, just, I think it's harder to win a league than it is Champions League. It's, yeah, I'll say it. I mean, no. okay. I think if you say that for the Prem. I mean, not league. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. no, league on Bundesliga. I don't. I don't really think so. Like for Bayern, they won the for Bayern also and Serie A for Juve. I don't think so. If you're saying La Liga and the Prem, you definitely have an argument. I'd agree with the Prem. I wouldn't agree with La Liga because it's always been a three-person race, yeah. three-team race, right? Atletico. In some years, Atletico's not really even in it. I mean, as of late, it's been a two-team race in the Prem. Liverpool over the City. past two years, two, but years. over 20 years. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But it's not like it's a 20-team race. It's like a four for like the first half, and then like the last couple months, it's like two, it's, maybe three teams. It's usually six to eight have some chance. Before and the usually season. Four, yeah. But as the season unfolds, no, it's but that's what, No, but that's what I'm saying. Like in La Liga, there's two teams we know that yeah, are going to have really. a chance the entire season. And maybe Athletic, but I don't, they haven't won any time recently. So. It's been since... Uh, 2012, maybe 2013, mm. when they were competitive in the Champions League and lost in the final two different times, that's that's one of those years they won the league. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's that's true. The only comparison, and this is a not a great comparison between the NBA and football, like world football, uh, world soccer, is the regular season maybe being like a league because. Yeah, it's just wins and losses, mm-hmm. and you're going up standings. And then the postseason being like the Champions League. Now these are the best teams in the league, and you're playing. So regular season success and win shares and all that stuff and points and all that, that's like the regular season or league debate. And then you have the Champions League, which is the postseason debate. So Kawhi <laughs> would be a Champions League all-timer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but... Uh, Domestic yeah. success, he doesn't yeah, play. So. Exactly. It's anyways. It's completely different. But I thought that's like the closest comparison I can make. But anyway, yeah, I think there's actually an argument to be made uh, for three or four different play- players in soccer, and there's not an argument to be made for any player except Michael Jordan for the goat for basketball. Anyways, do with that what you will. But speaking of which, though. Let's talk about Let's some talk basketball. Some Celtics. Yeah. I'm down. I've been looking forward to this one. Yeah, so Boston Celtics, one of the more interesting teams to watch this year, in yeah. my honest opinion. They're 42-21, and 21, third in the Eastern Conference, so obviously they will be attending the Orlando bubble. I list them if as... If it exists, if it happens. If it happens, I have them listed as significant contenders. Um, just for historical context, they have the most ever titles with 17... Most of those coming in the 50s and 60s. Yep. They've won one title since 1986. Bill Russell says you're welcome, Boston. But. Mm-hmm. I think Bill Russell significantly carries their legacy. And then, obviously, you have Bird, who won three. Yep. And then... 
that <laughs> one random title in 2008 where they the got Kendrick the Kendrick Perkins McKay led Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Obviously, that was the first series where I really started to watch, get into the sport. Nice. Uh, what are your thoughts on their roster and? I would say, what are your like thoughts on the Celtics aura and their? How do you compare them to the Lakers in terms of Ooh. all-time success? Interesting question. So, first of all, looking over your team report, which is outstanding, by the way, Woolen Lock approved. Uh, it's, Thank you. It's Thank very you. high quality. I'm Only excited. I'm excited about the Celtics' future. They have. To, I've thought this for years. Danny Ainge is incredible at accumulating assets, very talented at accumulating assets, but... He's incredible at it. He's very... <laughs> he's the most incredible ever. But, shout out the Incredibles too. But, he needs to do something. Like, now is the time to make a big move. He hesitated with Kawhi. He hesitated with Anthony Davis. He has not... He had the assets to make a big move, and he just didn't do it. And now, as a result, those draft picks that you accumulated over the past several years are now bench players for you that are not getting significant time that are not going to be valuable assets, really. Who's going to take Robert Williams yeah. or Grant Williams they, or any of... Besides William Locke, like, who's going to take another Williams? Nobody's going to take him. Nobody I wants him. I listened to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he's obviously from Boston, big yeah. Celtics fan, and he's talking about how he hates our team, the Grizzlies, because... We fi- not actually hates them, but he's mad at us because they finally get our pick this year. From like the 2013 Jeff Green trade, it's just been protected, so it's rolled over year after year after year. We love and, it. And it's like top eight protected this year, and this is the year that John Morant decides to be really good. Yep. Um, and they're going to get like the 15th pick, which in this draft is irrelevant. Um, but yeah. Very what true. You, yeah. yeah, so with the whole team... We'll about- talk, I guess, later about like what they need to do. How do I like the players on the team? Kemba's great. He's got three years left. Realistically, he's got three years left. Three at prime the peak years. Of his, at the peak of his powers. So they need to do something now. Obviously, they have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are they can hopefully keep for the next six years. Unlike Embiid and Simmons, they're actually complementary two-way wings that can play together. So uh, Very good that's... Solid, and I'm I'm sure they will find a way to continue to to play together over the next half decade to decade. Marcus Smart, I love, and is their most underrated player. He's you, the heart and soul of that You team. need somebody like Marcus Smart. You need a guy like Tony Allen or James Posey or Eddie House. The Celtics had like seven of those guys on the 08 team. That's why they won the ship. But Marcus Smart, I think they should try their best to keep him after his contract expires in a couple years because he's obviously one of the five – he's maybe one of the three best perimeter defenders in the league, which is rare. I mean, if you think about wing defenders, obviously, and like interior defenders, there are a lot of great ones. But when I say perimeter, I specifically mean guards, like guarding a one or two – Clay Thompson and him, that's all I can think of. I can't think of a better, you know, uh, perimeter defender besides yeah. those two. So, Marcus Smart, invaluable. I think long-term they should keep him as a backup and a spark plug six off the man. bench as a six-man. Really key. Obviously, they have no big man. Gordon Hayward, I don't think, is a long-term answer. But their starting line of, of Kemba, 
Jalen Brown, great defender, plus on defense, plus on offense. Jason Tatum, going to be a top five player in this league, maybe win an MVP. Then you have, uh, yeah, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, who's very, more than serviceable on offense and a slightly below average defender. And then they have no center. Enos Cantor cannot play defense. This guy can take a COVID-19 test up the nose with the best of them, but he can't really do anything else. Yeah. He's a... What I don't understand is in the draft, Vernon Carey and these traditional big, big men are undervalued, and then you have a guy like Enos Cantor who... Like, if Vernon Carey's at his very best, he would be 10 times better than Enos Cantor. And you have a guy like Cantor getting... I think he had like a $12 million, $15 million contract. Like he's getting half the max. He's not doing anything for you. I like Tice. Tice is a good backup. He's, he's not a starter. He can't be a starter for them long term. He's got one year left on his deal. Or Wait. worth 4.76. So, yeah. Oh, Ennis Cantor. Yeah, he's well, probably, he'll probably pick up that player option this offseason. He probably will. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, a decent rebounder. Daniel Tice is a good defender. They need... They don't need a star, but they need someone that is a very good defender and at least somewhat of a plus on offense that can stretch the floor. The ideal thing would be a stretch five that's a decent interior defender. So, and you can like subtract that all you want. It could be like Joel Embiid, super light. So he's he can shoot threes, not super well, but he's amazing as a defender. Or you can have somebody that's. A sharpshooting five, Davis Bertans is a four, but somebody like that, that's a decent defender. They need somebody there or else they're not going to win a championship. I love their long-term potential. with If they keep Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart over the next five years, if you tell me I have those players and I'm going to move around the rest of the pieces, I think you win a championship because I believe Danny Ainge eventually makes a move. And we see somebody, either a trade for a big man uh, that can help, or you shift some pieces around like Kemba and Gordon and you get and some draft picks and you get a young developing guy in his second or third year that's not a star that can grow with Jalen, Jason, and Marcus. But we will see what happens. What are your thoughts on the Celtics well, roster and how do you like... You did them or what? You didn't answer my oh all question. time versus the Lakers. Like, I mean, the Lakers the two... are the better franchise. You have two decades. That was it. Like if you take out those ships after '69, the '50s and '60s. If you take those out, yeah. They're... If you take out the '50s and '60s, you have 70... six six championships. Right. That's it. You have six versus sixteen with the Lakers. I think in that span you have thirteen with the Lakers. It, yeah. The NBA was different back then. It was then. an eight-team league. Yeah, exactly. So it matters a little. History or, matters. Like they, sure, You can't deny that they have the most titles. They do. But, but yeah, I would tend to agree with. Yeah, historically, I'll take the Lakers. Also, the Lakers might tie them in most ships this year. So we'll see. Because oh, they're yeah. one behind them this yeah. year. I know in terms of roster, um, you know, I would agree. Uh, I think one thing to point out is they've had a lot of injuries this year. Kemba's missed significant time, uh, and that's an issue going into the bubble, but we're not going to get into that today. I think, I mean, obviously they need a big. Uh, Grant Williams is a small forward, so he's not really going to fill that role, although he, he 
for them, he's almost a big. Um, True. I've seen him semi, play at power forward and center. Semi Ojale. Yeah, he's disposable. They drafted Robert Williams, um, but they talk. Do, they have Taco. To I mean. be fair, give him give him twenty years, and he'll be the next <laughs> Manute Bowl. It'll they got Taco, fantastic. who's a twenty three year old rookie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you talked touched on the draft a little bit, and I'll get into that. Who I think they should pick. They they depending on what happens this in the playoffs, and I mean, if they come out with a chip, then. It doesn't really matter, no, but they need to go big. Uh, they have the Memphis pick, the uh, Milwaukee pick, and they also have their own pick. So they actually could have three first-rounders now all outside the lottery. Yeah. Um, they should go – so I like a guy like maybe Precious Achua, who's – I a, like Precious, He's a yeah. project. He's more – He's like do, he would do like kind of the things you said. He's not going to score a lot of points. He's more of a defender and a rebounder, which is yeah. really what all they need to do because they got the scoring on the wings and at point guard. Yep. Um, so if they can score with four guys and he can just grab the boards and run the floor, maybe do a little rim running, I think he could turn into a legitimate like four. Hmm. Um, not legit, like a solid role player for them. Obviously, okay. like I said last podcast, there's no franchise players. There's no stars in this draft more than likely. Uh, I really like Jalen Smith out of Maryland for them. He averaged 15 and 10 in, in college at Obviously, college numbers aren't that relevant, um, but he shot thirty six point eight percent from three, and he has a nice touch on the rim for a big. So he knows the game, which will fit in well um, at bought in Boston. You know, it's good culture up there. Um, again, he needs to develop defense, develop defensively, but he's a guy that if you're looking for scoring, um, he'll get you some numbers. And then I also said Vernon Carey, who you touched on, he's a Straight up traditional big that yeah. I think is getting slept on. I mean, he, is. he averaged twenty five and twelve at Duke. Um, again, college stats do not tell the entire tale, but it's important that he was on a top five team all year, led them to second place regular season ACC. I think they could have probably made a minimum Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight run yep. in the tournament. Um, I don't know why he's getting slept on so much. I think he would have risen. If there was an NCAA uh, tournament, he's that type of guy. Yeah. Here's my thing. Let me ask you. DeAndre Hayden drafted number one overall two years ago. <laughs> that was it. He's a yeah. traditional big man. Yeah. Like, he can hit mid-range shots, but he was number one. And he averaged, what, 20 and 12? I know he has better intangibles. He, he was massive. Like, he, at 18, 19, people compared his body to Carmelone, like, coming out, which is coming out of college which is ridiculous so i get that vernon Carey's not as developed like physically to pound in the paint as a traditional big man in the nba but in terms of raw numbers and leadership qualities and i don't see a big difference like vernon Carey can hit mid-range shots just as well as deandre they have very comparable numbers and percentages in that department why is he not a top 15 guy in one of the worst drafts in recent yeah. memory. That like, doesn't I, make sense to me. I, he's not even projected first round in a lot of mock drafts that I'm seeing. Which That's is, absurd. It's it's incredibly shocking. Yeah, it is incredibly it's shocking. It's just so incredibly shocking. <laughs> in terms of strengths and weaknesses for this team, um, before yeah. we get into maybe like their plan moving forward um, and the predictions, because is there anything else you really want to touch on? I would say, the, I mean, obviously they're, right, they're deep. They have one of the bench... Bench misses in the league. Great wing play with Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Gordon Hayward, yep. who's a mixed bag. You'd really never know what you're going to get with him. 
second best defensive team in the league if you look at points allowed. No surprise there either. You have Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart as solid defenders. Kemba, even though he's undersized, does okay. Better than Trey Young. Sorry, Trey Young. But yeah, I mean that's not a surprise. Their weaknesses, I think, obviously, I mean we talked about interior play. Yeah. And also three-point shooting. Kemba leads the team in three-pointers attempted 8.8, and then there's a big drop-off. Jay, Jay Tate only takes seven. Hmm. Uh, Smart off the bench takes seven. Hmm. Um, no one's shooting. Smart takes seven threes a game? Bench. What? Yep. Uh, the best three-point percentage guy is Tatum at 39. So That's solid. I mean, t- Jason solid, solid, but yeah, it's not incredible. It's not incredible. It's not incredible. It's not incredible. <laughs> they need a consistent shooter. So that's kind of like, why, not consistent, but a guy that can get buckets from behind the line. And I think if they're going big in the draft, that's why I like Jalen Smith for them. I'll take Sadiq Bey too. Sadiq 3D Bey's, guy out of Nova, yeah. That could be solid. And I wouldn't mind them to, if they actually keep all three of these picks, take a Vernon Carey, take a flyer on him, take Precious and take Sadiq Bey. They'll yeah. probably be available where you're picking. Yeah. So, I mean, they'll... They will most likely get 16th or 17th, 24th or 25th, and then 30th or 29th. So with those picks, you can realistically get three of those guys. My only question is they have like 18 guys, technically, if you include their G League roster and their two-way players. They have 18 guys right now that can play NBA ball. You really want to add three young guys to a roster that already includes... Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Semi Ojale, Carson Edwards, Taco Fall, and Tremont Waters. They have like, a lot of random young players. Like, yeah, they do. Carson Edwards, because the only free agent they have, because um, I th- this isn't including player options, because I think most of the guys are going to pick up player options. Definitely Gordon Hayward. <laughs> For sure, he is. They're yeah, only he's unrestricted. Never getting that money again. Their only unrestricted free agent is Brad Wanamaker, who's been solid this year. He's been good, but he's I don't think third. they're. They, Carson Edwards can be a legitimate NBA backup point guard. He'd be um, a third string point guard. They're Mark still. Is smart. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And then you know you got like Romeo Langford, who's mm-hmm. raw, um, only a nineteen, not like raw as in good, but yeah. <laughs> he needs to develop. He's nineteen years old. He yeah. didn't really get a lot of uh, time playing at Indiana due to injury. Uh, he had his first start uh, in toward near the COVID uh, thing this year. Like they, out once you get past like Cantor's Dees, once you get past those guys, it's like a bunch of na- like it's really project. random project young guys. Yeah. I don't think Taco Fall is gonna turn. So that's into what anything. I'm saying. Why would you add three guys to that? This this is what I've been saying. Like so you think they should this, trade? They yeah. have to make a trade, or else they just drop three of these guys who are probably just as good as the guys they're gonna draft. Yeah. The only logic would be take a flyer. See how the summer league goes. Maybe you strike gold on one of them. But realistically, now that I think about this more, if you have so many young guys already on the squad, they're going to get buried. Yeah. You know? So I think they need to make a trade with a developing team to get a solid player that they don't want. Like, if the Wizards start to rebuild, get Davis Bertans and trade them. Romeo Langford and two first round picks. Like, that's him, overkill. Trade him Taco but... Fall. I feel like he's a, he's <laughs> randomly a uh, semi decent asset just because he sells tickets. Yeah, true. Sells more tickets than Jaron Jackson Jr. does. Although. Or he sells more very... tickets than Sammy Ojale or Robert Williams at an AM. 
in terms of predictions uh-huh. or plan, yeah. I mean, we touched on this enough. Get a big and make a move for that. I it, think they it, should. What is a realistic target? I can't do this. Like it's too hard to random. I I like I like the Bertans shout out. Yeah. Maybe like Dario Saric. I like that. That's not. They wouldn't it's be not that like expensive. Absurd, yeah. No, it wouldn't. And I say expensive because I'm thinking about the transfer market. But it wouldn't be expensive in terms of assets. assets. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris Boucher. Shout Toronto. out Chris Boucher. He's actually he's uh, one of the more underrated bench players in the NBA. He's been very good. So, you know. Why not get, if Serge and Mark are on expiring, get a veteran guy yeah. that can stretch. Like, you can do that, too, for cheap. It's a young team. They could use a veteran like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, those are some guys I should look at. Um, obviously, not this offseason, but 2021 offseason. They're going to have to ditch my guy, Gordon Hayward. I don't think they will be re-signing him. No, it's kind no. of been a failure since he came over from Utah. It's not A lot fault. of that's because of injury. Yeah. And then obviously they got to lock up because the, they re-signed Brown to a new deal, but yep. they got to lock up Tatum long-term, who's finally had his coming out party this season. He's got one year left on his deal. Um, so re-sign him. Then you got Brown, Tatum, the key guys locked up, ride out Walker for the rest of his deal, yep. and then you know build around, build around that guy, get a big uh, and do you think push, win- push for it. Do you think their window is just the three years that Kemba's there? Because No. Because if we think about it, in three years' time, Jalen Brown's extension is going to have one year left. Or it's going to be the last year Jalen Brown's right. contract. Tatum will have two left. What are they going to do assets? They've already lost Kyrie for nothing. Are they going to lose Kemba for nothing and just continue to have a bunch of low first-round picks? That well, that's, don't end that up gets back anything? to your thing. They need to make moves. Yeah. So what? Because Ainge has been sitting on his assets for so long. Yeah, I think he's just—he's been playing two K, mind GM. He's obsessed. He's just been getting assets constantly. He's Luis Barranco on online my league. He just gets a bunch of young players. None of them are stars. They won't have a ton of money left over. Yeah, they won't. You're right. I don't think they can get like Kemba for the next three years. It's Kemba, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. What can you add to that? As like a couple complementary pieces, of, you need a stretch big that hopefully can defend, and you'd also like a promising young backup uh, wing because Gordon Hayward's going to leave. I think as long as Tatum and also Brown are there, they they will be relevant. I agree with you. Yeah, they will be relevant. Then their window will be open. I think because okay. Ainge will be willing to. Hopefully, I mean he's a smart guy. Will be willing to m- build around the like make the team relevant and not just tank like they were in the early two thousands. I don't. I think they will be relevant. It's just whether they're going to be a realistic right. title. Yeah, contender. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll I see. mean, that's it's impossible to predict the future, <laughs> especially with everything going on. In terms of predictions, I said if the Celtics add a big, they're top three NBA roster going into next season. Oh. I can see them making a finals appearance in the Brown and Tatum era. And it has it has the potential, if things fall, the dominoes fall the right way, yeah. to have multiple championships in the next 10 years. Yeah. So, in terms of my 10-year prediction, I'm going to say three, Eastern Confer- three or four Eastern Conference finals appearances. Yeah. I like that. 
two NBA Finals appearances. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just say one title like they won in the 2000s. They're going to only win one title. I got and yeah. in terms of players, Jason Tatum finishes top five in MVP voting at least twice. And he might get an MVP. It'll probably have to be in the season that Giannis gets injured. And after LeBron retires. But there you go. Well, I mean, LeBron in his prime lost MVPs to four different guys right. that he was better than. So I think what's going to happen is we'll have Giannis fatigue. Like we had LeBron fatigue. The voters aren't going to give Giannis the MVP. Then they'll get Luka. Years. Yeah, they'll get Luka for a couple years. And then they'll be like, all right, he's a minus on, or on defense. I, I have Jason Tatum winning MVP in the next five years. That is very bold because he's on. Is he twenty one right now? Yeah, he's twenty one. So he's 21. before he is twenty seven years old, which is usually when people enter their actual prime, like their prime, the prime of the prime. I think he wins an MVP. I also think I have. I think they'll get to four Eastern Conference uh, Finals. I think they get to. I'll say three NBA Finals. I can actually see them. It depends on the moves, but I have faith in Danny Ainge getting them to three in ten years. If you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as your base, you have this many assets, and you are Danny Ainge, arguably the greatest GM of the modern era, except for, uh, no, never mind. Well, Ujiri is president of basketball operations now, right? So that doesn't... He was the GM, wasn't he? He was of the Nuggets when they had those Andre Iguodala okay, 2K teams that you love. But, yeah, I I think I trust in Ainge enough for that. And I also have them wanting only one title. Okay. I think it's like one and a half is the over-under, in my opinion. And I'm going to like okay. slightly edge to the under. It's tough because there's so many teams with potential that are close, especially in the East. You yep. have LeBron finishing, the Mavs coming up. Because like the last five years, it's been... Warriors, Cavs, and it's been boring. And now it's like, oh, there's a lot of teams that can who, actually win. Who the do you think are on their level? Like in terms of right that, now, currently? No, no, no. So who who is on their level in terms of uh, taking them for the next ten years? Who would you have? Obviously, the Mavs. I think are up there. Some people have the Nuggets up there. Whatever I'm not team, one of those people. No, whatever but, team Giannis is on. Yeah. The Warriors <laughs> might get one. Back half of Curry's career and Clay's career. No, I'm, so you would take that over ten years of I'm con- these like days. their future? Yeah, or they... no, I'm saying okay, I'm saying for the next ten years, whose NBA roster would you take right now? Who would be on the same level as an NBA roster with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like in terms of success over the next ten years? Does that make any sense? Like how, if you're an NBA GM, okay, what roster would I want for yeah, the next ten years? Yes. I mean, them, the Heat, yeah. whatever team Giannis is on, okay. the Grizzlies. You'd have the Grizzlies on the same level as the Celtics. In, I mean, in 10 years from now, it could be, yeah. I'm saying over the, yeah, throughout the Yeah, it could be. 10. Okay, okay. I would say, honestly, the Celtics... Probably not on the, their level right now, obviously, no. I, they have the potential to be. To be, them. yeah. I would just say this is the surest thing of a franchise that's, that's gonna that's what that's all I'm i would also that's take the, the warriors i would take the warriors just over be, the celtics right now wow for the next 10 years. i mean they could probably make some moves for steph and clay when they, i just don't see them trading those guys like i ever. mean 10 years from now who knows if jalen brown and jason are gonna be Tatum on the, are even on the team anymore. we don't know exactly yeah. i'm just saying like 
if you can say we'll keep these guys anyways it's a lot of ifs ands and buts whatever but But. to add to a but uh i I like this team a lot this is probably this is probably the only super young team that i see having a chance at a championship the next few years with lebron still at the peak of his powers so and obviously Giannis and pg and Kawhi are going to be with the clippers for the next two years so we'll see what happens that's all you got big bets that's all i I have yeah Yeah. if you made it this far uh be sure to give us five stars on apple podcasts uh drop a review um let us like and subscribe like and subscribe (laughs) let us know let us know how we're doing Uh, we want some feedback obviously we're new to the podcast game um also if you made it this far you're incredible text one of us and say (laughs) big time timmy jim Big Tom Timmy Jim. BTTJ. My, my brother's nickname. If you made it this far, text us that so we know who the real ones are. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Peace. Well, just kidding. That actually wasn't the end of the podcast. I was going to post this Well, we recorded the podcast originally on Friday evening. And obviously there was a lot going on on the weekend, but we didn't really think any anything big in the soccer world would happen. Um, you know, we thought... Arsenal would have taken care of business against Brighton. However, that was obviously not the case. Uh, Brighton winning 2-1, and I just figured I should briefly comment on that before uh, we end this podcast. Armand's not with me today, but yeah, Arsenal lose to Brighton. Brighton do the double on Arsenal for the first time in history this season. I mean, Arsenal had their chances in the first half. They didn't take them, and then... Obviously, the Leno injury happens in the 40th minute, and this is where this the the uh, the game got very cagey and intense. Um, I know Malpe said that he didn't mean any harm, and he might he may have not. Obviously, he he probably didn't mean to injure Leno, but I don't see the need to go for that ball. Um, it's clearly going to be in Leno's hands, and. You're not. Gonna, I mean, from that angle, you're not gonna. You're not gonna score a goal anyway. Um, and now Leno, we're probably gonna be without Leno for the rest of the season. Um, it, nothing's come out about his injury yet, but we'll see what happens. Uh, tough situation there, losing our best player. Um, and then Pepe scores a beautiful curler on his left foot in the 68th. Uh, beautiful goal over Ryan's head. And after that, I knew that. You know, we weren't going to be able to hold on for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Uh, you know, it's Arsenal. Our defense is very leaky. Sure enough, Lewis Dunk scores a weird goal in the 75th. Arsenal has a few chances after that. Aubameyang has a shot blocked and then a shot from outside the box that Matthew Ryan or yeah, Matt Ryan does a good job of saving. And then Maupe, of all people, scores a winner in the 95th. Uh, they were in the 95th minute of only four minutes of out of time. And Arsenal lose. It's incredibly disappointing, obviously, this team. Like we said earlier in the podcast, we don't think our talent is very good, and we thought anything could have happened in the Brighton game. I didn't expect us to lose. I could have seen a draw. Um, end up losing. I, I, I think we both, me and Armand, think that this entire team needs a complete rebuild. Sell Aubameyang, sell Lacazette, maybe build around Bellerin and Pepe. I don't know, but this team needs a whole overhaul. It has nothing to do with Arteta. Um, but yeah, this team is very bad right now. We're, we're in 10th after this weekend's fixtures. 
Um, it's it's incredibly disappointing. And then Mape comes out and says, you know, Arsenal need to learn some humility after uh, the game. Talk, you know, firing back after it was obviously the Arsenal players were coming after him. Uh, we saw Guendouzi choke him out or after the game. Very immature from, from Guendouzi. And, you know, why are Arsenal players talking trash after they go 1-0 up in the second half against Brighton? Come on. I mean, we need to be more mature than that, I guarantee you. I mean, it's obviously Guendouzi leading a lot of this talking. Just got to be better than that and got to score a second. I mean, you, just because you score one, you know, you guys know you have a terrible defense. Got to keep pushing. Um, but that's that wasn't the case, and we lose. Um, so the season... Season's over, really nothing to play for at this point. But we got Southampton away on Thursday. Hopefully they can do something there. And then today, Everton and Liverpool played to a nil-nil draw. So Liverpool has to wait for their title um, aspirations. If Man City, they play Burnley tomorrow, and then Thursday they play Chelsea. So if City loses one of those games or drops points and Liverpool wins against Palace on Wednesday, they'll get the title. So it's a matter of time for Liverpool, but title aspiration, title uh, clincher is we'll have to wait a few more days. Um, and then La Liga, Madrid did pick up the win today, so they do go top. They do lose. Ramos scored in the 50th and then came off with an injury in the 60th, so they could be without him for a while. Um, Sociedad scored in the 83rd to make it a little bit interesting, but... Ultimately, Madrid comes away with the win and goes top. And so now La Liga, if you're watch, if you're a soccer fan, La Liga is definitely the league to be watching right now. Both teams tied on points, but Madrid has the tiebreaker in terms of head-to-head. And they have seven or eight more games to play. And luckily for Madrid, even while they're without Ramos, we don't know for how long. They play Mallorca and Espanyol, two easy games, um, before they pay, face fourth place Getafe on July 1st. So hopefully those two games give them some time for Ramos to come back and uh, be fully recovered. And Barcelona has a little bit more difficult of a schedule playing Atletico Bilbao this coming week. And um, after that, they have to play Celta Vigo and then Atletico Madrid on July 1st. So it's looking good for Real Madrid right now, but if you're you're a soccer fan, La Liga, um, definitely tune in for the... For the final few games there um, but just wanted to feel like I had to address the Arsenal game uh, before we really ended this podcast so we'll be back uh, probably on Tuesday on this podcast uh, we got a special podcast coming with our friend Luis so look forward to that one but yeah talk to you guys soon